0: We're learning Daaf, Shed Aleph, and Aleph. We're beginning at the end of the second line. The Gemara is looking for the reason why the case of Mi'ilah is considered to be Harari Matlim Besaira, big mountains of Halacha that are hanging by a hair. Elamishev, it's got to be the safe of the Brysa. The Brysa says, The person takes a brick, a stone, a piece of wood from Hakdesh. He builds it into his home. He's not considered to have been mal until he lives beneath it. And he lives there the amount of time that you know, the rent would be worth a pruta. So then he's considered to have been na'na a pruta. mechti. Right? Think about it. Shinuye he he uh, he changed it. When he took the brick, when he took the stone and he built it into his um, building, so he changed it. It was a brick, it was a boulder, it was a pane of glass, whatever. And now it's part of the building. So why isn't he Because of me'ilah right away. What difference does it make if he lives there or if he doesn't live there? He should be haiv right away. That's why it's like a mountain. This big chiddush, hava halacha, that's hanging from a hair, it's not really uh, sourced in the Taga very clearly. Well, um, my the Gemara says, what's our shver? What's the with it? Meaning, why do you say it's hanging from a hair? Why doesn't it make very good sense? And it should be Pasha. Then we we'll look at the Rav. Because maybe, the rice is talking about Rav Zalacha. The rice is not talking about all situations where you take a stone or a, or a piece of wood or a glass and you put it Into a structure. Not all the time. It's only in the case of Rav. Rav Rav said, "Like for example, when he placed it on top of a yaruba. And yaruba is like a skylight, a window in the roof. Meaning you took a piece of wood or a piece of stone or a piece of glass and you used it to cover over a skylight in a building. Now you didn't change it in any way. You simply picked it up and put it down there. You didn't attach it to any building. It didn't become part of a building. So therefore." Now, you haven't really done anything. If you live there underneath it and you now benefit from that piece of whatever because it protected you from the rain or from the cold or from the heat, in so then you're mild. But if you haven't yet lived there, you're not mild because you didn't do anything. So if that's what it's talking about, then that's not a chiddush. That's not a mountain that's hanging from a hair. It's a mountain and it's firmly uh, grounded. Pasha. So rather says the Gemara, the Mishnah is talking about Ravah's case. What was Ravah's case? Ravah's case was where Ruvain says to Shimon, You go ahead and take this money and go and buy me something. And Shimon goes ahead and he buys something for Ruvain. Now, in the meantime, Ruvain realized that he gave him by mistake money of Hechtesh. So Ruvain is no longer considered to be a shaygig. And we said that if Ruvain is Nizkar, he remembers before Shimon buys it, and Shimon buys it because he still does not know. So then, Shimon is chayv. So we said that that's not really a chiddush. What's the chiddush? Because every time a person pays money, every time a person takes money of Hekdush and buys anything with it by mistake, so he bought it because he didn't realize that he was using money of Hekdush. So why is this fellow who's buying something for his friend, not knowing that the money is money of Hekdush, any worse or better than that? If you can ask that kasha, why is it? A Chiddush, why is it hanging from a hair? just because it's like somebody who spends money of Hektish on something of Khulin and he did it by mistake. He didn't realize that it was money of Hektish. And there we say he's considered to be Mail and he's hayed. So This person also is no different. So the Gemariah says, no. There's a basic fundamental difference. Hasam. There, when a person takes money out of his pocket, he takes money out of his drawer, and he Forgets that it's actually money of Hekdash. And he goes and he spends it on something. He knew very well that there is money in his possession of Hekdash. And therefore, since he knew that he had money of Hekdash, he should have examined it. In other words, he should have been more careful not to spend it on the chud. And that's why he's chayat, because he wasn't careful. But over here, did he know? Ruvain gave money to Shimon. Shimon had any reason to think that Ruvain was giving him money of Hekdash? Shimon is like a complete anus. It's completely not within his uh, control. He's an anus. He's not like a shogig. He didn't do anything wrong. And hainu karari, that's why it's like a mountain, a big halacha that's hanging from a hair because there's not really much basis for this. It's very difficult to understand it. And that's like a mountain, And the Messiah. And the Mishnah said, the Mishnah was referring to Chagiga and Shabbos and Mila, that there's very little in the Pasuk. And there is much halacha. Kind of the Gemara brings a praisa that wa Allah are Mikramuat Galachis Murahs Nagaim Nalachis of Negat Saras and the Allah is of Tumah that Amazes Matami Ba what kind of an oil, and what circumstances? So there there's very little in the So alachis Mikramua. But there are many Allahs. So first the Gemara wonders Nagaim, Mikramuat, you're calling Nagaim mikramu'at. Nagayim that's the name of Tiras. Nagaim is Mikram there's a lot of psukim, who? the whole parashas Tazria, and then there's Mitzraya. Also, you have so much written about negaim. So um, Rapa says no, no, no. Negaim mikram eruba. Negaim is mikram eruba. There's a lot of psukim. Taka. The is is There's an additional halachas are very few. Meaning, so much of negaim is mufresh in the pasak. The halacha, the mishnah is is a little bit more, but the amount of addition is what. Whereas always there the dim are mikra muat. There's very little specified spelled out in the pesukim. is dealt with in the mishnah. So then what's the nafkuminah? What's the braids of pointing out here? Nagayim is mikra merubah alachim muat. And always is mikra muat and alachis merubahs. What's the nafkuminah? So the gemara says the nafkuminah is imistav kol So If you'll have a suffix about something in and it's in the gaim, so where do you look? I am Look in the psukim. Most of your Sveikas, you could be Paishat from psukim, because so much is in the psukim. You must stop calling it allus, and if you have Sveikas in something in allus, don't look in the psukim. I am be and look in the Mishnayas, because there there's very little in the psukim. There's much more in the Allah in the mishnayis. Then the mishnah said that dinim and avaida is tara is tumos and harayas. They have what to rely upon. Meaning there there's a good smach in the psukim. Now, it sounds like it's not Mufurish in the Pasuk, but there's very good basis for it in the Pasuk. So the, so the Mark 1 is Dinim, that's Mishpatim, Dinim Aminus. that's mamish written. No, parshas Mishpatim is so much written and it's really explicit. So what's Yesh Lemamashi Sounds like there's a smach there's for it, but it's not Mufurish. Like says no. that which we're saying that Yesh mamashis Yismaychu, that's not necessary for what's written. Of course, what's written is written. But that's telling you about the Kedir Abi. What Rebbe says, the Tanya Rebbe, Rebbe says Nefesh, Tachas Nefesh, the Pasuk says Nefesh, Tachas Nefesh. What does it mean that you're paying a soul for a soul? It doesn't mean a soul for a soul, mamash. it means mamen. it means the value of the Nefesh you pay Tachas Nefesh. Is that what it means? Maybe it means really you have to give up your life to pay for the Nefesh, the life that you took or that your animal took. So the Nefesh, nefesh. says no for that. It says the word Vinasan, Nasina later on in the Pasuk, and it says the word Nasina earlier on in the Pasuk. Mal mamun just like in the one place, it's referring to money. Afghan mamun here, too, it's also referring to money. Rashi explains, it says it by uh, somebody who uh, who's ma'pil, meaning he makes a woman miscarry. So there, it's obviously money, because the psukim say, Vinasan, you go to the dine and they make you pay. So here too, when it says nefesh, tachas, nefesh, it also means you're going to pay money. Then it says avoidays is also like that. Yesh l'mamash shi the meitzim mikdash. Like says, what do you mean? Michdav k'sivan all The pasuk writes about them explicitly. What, what are you saying that there's a good smach for it? Like, hilach hasa, hilach so the says, no. That which we're saying that there's a smach for it. There's a smach for it, but it's not first, That's the din of holachas the carrying of the dam. Meaning to say, the fact. That when you are Melech Adam, when the kayan after catching the blood, he walks over with it to the Mizbeach, that itself is considered an Avaidah. Just like the Kabbalah Saddam is an Avaidah, and the Zerika of Saddam is an Avaidah, so too the Hilalach is an Avaidah. The Tanya, it says in the Bray's it says in the vi V'ikrivo. V'ikrivo, or V'ikrivo. So what's V'ikrivo? V'ikrivo literally means to bring it close, but the Bray's says says, Kabbalah Saddam, that's actually referring to catching the blood. When You catch the blood. So now why does the Torah call the catching of the blood vi krivo, bringing it close? So the Afkrah, one of So the Torah taught the din of Kabbalah Zadam with a lashon av olacha. You'll see that like it says v'hikiv akayin es The kohen should bring it close the mizbeach v'hiktiyam mizbeicha, and he should be machri on the mizbeach. V'amrmar and there it says that se evarim. The kavush. That's referring to carrying over, walking over with the evarim to the kavush. So here too, when it says Vihikriva, it's referring to the act of Haylacha, of bringing over the dam to the Mizbeach. And why is the Torah calling it Vihikriva, which is Akrava, lay makal to tell you that Hailacha of the dam doesn't go out of the klal of Kabbalah, meaning it's like an extension of Kabbalah, your Makabul the dam, and then your Mailach the dam to the Mizbeach, and both of those stages are in Avaida. And whatever apostles, whatever Makshava, whatever wrong thought will disqualify, will pass a carbon if you have that when you're macabre of the dam, and it will also pass when you have that machshavah during the halacha of the dam. So again, it's not Moforish, but we learn it from the fact that it calls the Kabbalah the ikriva, that also the ikriva they're bringing it close, the haylacha, is similarly in a vaida. Then we said in the mission that tahara is so again, tahara is the dinim of tahara being titled in a mikvah, that's written in the Torah explicitly, so, when says, in other words, what we said, that Yesh Mashi Tzmechu is not talking about the idea of the it's talking about the amount of water you need in the mikvah. Like Lake without it doesn't write anywhere in the time At the time, like it says in the B'ra'is, it says in the Passover, so it says you have to raise Reichetz in water. So, what kind of water is that? The B'ra'is says, it's water that the mikvah means it collected together, meaning the rains fell and the rainwater is collected in a pit. That's the water they're using. Not Mayim Shuvim, not water that you drew. And then it says it's Klovisaro, and you have to wash in there all of your basar. Mayim Shakol Gufo Ailabem. That means water that all of your body goes up in there, meaning that you'll go into this amount of water, and then your water, your body will displace the water, and it'll rise up and cover you completely. So there has to be enough water there, the bare minimum amount of water, that when you go into it, the water will rise up and completely surround you. The Kama'in and how much is that? That water has got to be an Ama by an Ama square and the height of three Ama's. Now, a human being is usually four Ama's tall, but when he rises, when he, when he dips into such water, he'll displace the water and the water will rise up in extra Ama's. So, obviously, the, the pit in which the mikvah is going to be built has to be an Ama by an Ama by four Ama's tall, but the water only has to be until three Ama's and then it'll rise up to cover him. And that's the amount that a mikvah needs to have. They estimated that amount of water and they said, Me how much? 40 sah. That amount of water equals 40 sah. So that, again, there's a smach in the Pasuk, because it says, it's called Bissar. All of his bust or all of his flesh has to go into the water at the same time. And then they figured that that's going to be 40 sah. But it's not the first in the Pasuk, That's called Gesh Le And then we said that Tumais, Dinim of Tumah. So, there are two aren't the dinim of what's and how, isn't it written explicitly? So, no, what we're saying that is not for all those dinim, it's for the din of the shear. What's the shear? How much of a sheritz do you need to be metameh? It's for the din that you need, the, like an adasha from a sheritz to be metame. The size of an adasha, meaning the size of a lentil bean, that's the amount of sheritz that you need to be you like Siva because that's takanah written in the Torah. The Pasuk doesn't say how much of a sheritz you need to touch. But the din is that you need a adasha. Now, what's the lo smaychu? What's the smach? The Torah, it says in the Bible, it says in the, passage, says in the Pasuk, bohem. Now, it says two things. It says bahem, which means you touch them. And it also says mayhem. You touch, so, mayhem means of them, meaning like a piece of them. So on the one hand, it says bohem, that sounds like you're touching the whole thing. You would think from there you have to touch the whole thing, meaning you have to touch an entire sharetz. There's another pasuk that teaches you, and it says, mayhem. you only have to touch a part of them. Now, if it only would say mayhem, you and it's have to touch a part of them. Then the other pasuk teaches you, you have to touch them in their entirety. So So how does that work? In other words, it's a stira. Is it you have to touch the whole sharetz? Or mayhem, you have to touch a small part of the sharetz. So the teretz says, you have to touch part of a Sheretz, something from a Sheretz, which, even though it's a part of a Sheretz, but it is, in a way, it is like a whole Sheretz. So now, what's that? What is something that's from a Sheretz, meaning it's a small part from a Sheretz, but at the same time, it's like a whole Sheretz. So that, the Chachamim estimated that that she is bikadasha. Why? Why is an adasha considered to be touching part of a Sheretz? And in a way, it's like touching a whole Sheretz. She came because the haim at a one of the Shratim, T'chilaso bikadasha. It starts out, as an adasha, meaning in its infancy, it's an adasha. So therefore, when you touch a size, a piece from a sharitz at the size of an adasha, so that is a piece that's mayhem. It's from a sharitz, and it's also, it's also kind of like touching a househertz, house, because that's the shear of the smallest sharitz of a chomet in its infancy. And B'huda says, no, the shear is not a kadasha um, like the like the chomet in its infancy. It's like the shear of a zanev halata. The tail of a lizard, I guess the kadasha, is the same size of the tail of the lizard. So what? So Rashi explains when you cut off the tail of a lizard, so it actually is. Uh, it, it, it jumps around. It convulses. Somehow it's uh, because of the way that it's made up. So in a way it looks like it's alive. So that little piece, that tail of the lizard that's the size of an adasha. it actually looks like a whole charitz because it has almost like a life of its own. And therefore that's mayhem, it's from them, but it's also it's also like touching them in its entirety. And that's what it's talking about. And that's the Ishla my Ismaehu.